Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. One of the greatest evangelism tools you have is your smile. And uh, I tell people, Christians, often, if you've got Jesus in your heart, you've got to remind your face sometimes. <laughs> you've got to remind yourself, your face. But this is so, this is so, I love it. The pews are a whole vibe. <laughs> Do you know that I grew up in the, in the Anglican church? Did you guys know that? Okay, so... Uh, I, I don't know if you have the Church of England over here in America. I think you did away with them, didn't you, when you came over on the ships? Uh, so I was raised in the Church of England, and pews were life to me. And so I, I'm smelling the pew smell, and it's bringing... Uh, that, I mean, no pun intended, but the, the, the pews have a smell. It's, it's the wood. Um, yeah, it just brings back memories. This smells like church. It smells... <laughs> Like the church I grew up in, I remember as a little girl, because not only did we have pews, we had hymn books, hymnals. So there was, no, there, there was no LED screens, heaven forfend. Uh, there was no, there was not even an overhead projector, it was a hymnal, a hymn book. And I remember specifically one day as a young girl standing uh, in the pew, standing in church and the, man, the old man behind me was so shaky, he used my head as a resting point. I was like a human pulpit. I, I just felt like dignity just gone. I remember looking at my mom going, Mom, the old man behind me is putting his book on my head. And she's like, darling, just let him, he's old. I'm thinking that should be no excuse, you should know better. But. I have so many great memories of growing up in church, and uh, your children will too. So if you have children, bring them to church. Yeah. Joshua said this, he said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And it's a wonderful thing if you're a mom or dad here today, and you may even have some of those, you know, unruly teenagers, I don't want to go. Well, guess what? If they're living in your house and you're paying for their existence, they don't get a vote. They don't get a vote. Oh, I don't like it. Nobody talks to me. Well, nobody's going to talk to you at home by yourself either, so you might as well be ignored at church. I just get it, get your tail in the car. Now, that's the kind of parenting that's going to change America right there. Yes. All right. So, the title of my message is Forward March. Because here's one of the things that can happen when you acquire, and, and we prayed for many years for this location. We're believing God for a second central region campus because of the growth we were having in our other building. And so through much prayer and diligence and, and push, we acquired this building and it's a wonderful thing. But sometimes when you, you have a victory, you can, you can tend to settle and just kind of go, well, well here we are. Let's just settle with the possession, the acquisition of the building. 
but God wants to take us from possession to progression, a progression into his will, not just for our lives, but for this entire region. And it means that we don't settle, but we march forward. And it's not lost on me that this very building was the Salvation Army, a movement, a church movement rich with history. And I I really feel some of the, the feels and the anointing that we can feel in this building is simply because of the people who have gone before, the sacrificial giving they gave, the lives they lived, the service they contributed to society, the prayers they prayed, the songs they sung. It's, it's in the building. You can, you can feel it in the air. You can, like it's, it's there, it's alive. And, and we're recipients of those who have gone before us. And, and I love, I actually love that this building was owned by the Salvation Army. I'm a huge, fan is a bad word, but I'll use fan, fan of William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army movement. He was, he was a revolutionary in his day. If you get a chance to read about him, do it. He literally changed the face of England during one of the most dark, depraved, and depressed times. And he didn't stop at England. He, he sent missionaries out like flames of fire to every square inch of the earth and started this revolution for Jesus. And he was the one that really coined the term onward Christian soldier marching off to war. And, and how many people know that we are in a spiritual battle right now? When you look at our world, the world has never been more in need of the light of God to shine. And, and Jesus came down, God put human flesh on, came to earth and empowered and left his power here for us and his authority to be able to fulfill our mission, his mission, his will, his assignment for us on planet earth. God put his spirit in us. Not that we would just kind of sit in a church now we've acquired a building and high five ourselves every Sunday and have lunch with the same people every weekend but that we would actually progress into the promises of God and the will of God for this region. So I want to talk to you today, and I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to use some of the quotations of uh, William Booth in order to redefine our mission and our assignment in this area. So are you ready? Oh, good. I'm so glad you're ready because I'm ready too. Okay, so one of the first fundamentals of Awakened Church, actually let me know if it's your first time, so when I see the people with shocked faces, I understand why. Okay, wonderful. Okay, beautiful. We are so glad you're here. All right. One of the first, and I believe the most uh, important tenets of our faith and devotion at Awakened Church is this, discipleship. And here's what William Booth said. He said, to get a man or a woman soundly saved, is not, it, it is not enough to put on him a pair of new britches, which is pants for the young'uns, <laughs> to give him regular work or even give him a university education. These things are all outside a man. And if the inside remains unchanged, you have wasted your labor. Christianity isn't about a change of clothes, it's about a changed life. 
And, and for, for many parts of the Christian world, it has been reduced to, down to how you dress, uh, where you go on a Sunday, um, and then there's no real change on the end where it's just a whole lot of Christian rituals. But when Jesus steps into your life, your life should look different. I would say the greatest definition of a Christian would be this, I once was. I used to be. I once was full of fear. I once was crippled with anxiety. I once was tainted with the spirit of the world. I once was bound in perversion and selfishness. I once was jealous. I once was fearful, but not anymore because my life has been changed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus put it this way. He said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, therefore, and he's talking to us, you and me, go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say go make converts. Just get people saved and then go, all the best to you. Rock on. He's like, no, I, I want you to be committed. And, and if you can understand today, I need, uh, I need you to understand this. Salvation is just the beginning. It's not the end. We're, we're not about just getting people to come forward on an altar call, as important as that is. It's a journey with God in becoming the best you. Do you know the next best thing is the next you? You 2.0 is the next. I thank God that I'm not who I used to be. That the little girl who was fearful and anxious and probably would have sat out in the car and waited till service started so I didn't have to talk to anybody has had her life transformed by God to the point now I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> everybody at once. I mean, I, I, only Jesus. I, I could not have done that without him. And that's what he's asking us to do here. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Let me just make a point here. Baptism is literally a statement, my life before Christ and after Christ. I am a different person. It's not a meaningless Christian ritual. Let's get you saved and then dunk you and send you on your way. It is literally a signal to the world, the old me is dead. The old me is gone. No longer I who lives, but Christ in me. Did we not sing it? <laughs> Don't make a liar out of that song. You know, back in, back in the old days, baptism... They used to dress people up so someone would get saved in church, they'd make a decision. They'd go through, you know, like a discipleship process, which is never ending, by the way. And then that would come a point to, to get baptized. They would dress them in white and walk them through the town square. They would, it would literally be the sign that this person's life didn't change, is changed. So, so they, were, they used to be the town drunk, they, they used to cheat on their wife. They used to cheat on their taxes. They used to swear like a sailor. They used to, you know, be corrupt in every which way. They used to be perverted. They used to be selfish, but not anymore. And we're going to make ourselves accountable to the whole town. Here we come. In our white gowns, and we're going to go down to the river, and we're going to show the world that we're different now. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. Our lives have changed. Amen, Leanne. You know, there was a Yelp review put out many years ago, and honestly, Yelp is, it's a pretty vile place, isn't it? Very unpleasant. 
don't suggest you go there. But I remember, I remember doing something you should never do, reading a couple of Yelp reviews of our churches, like curiosity just got the better of me. And there was one where a girl had said, don't go to that awakened church. They'll try to change you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? She's correct. <laughs> I prefer to call it transformation, but, but we'll go with change because that's actually the job of the church, to take someone as they come in, and now the real you, the real Jesus you, is, is locked up on the inside of you. Yeah, yeah. But on you, it's the job of, of the, the pastors and the leaders and the godly Christian men and women around you to get, to get the scalpel yeah. and help in a, in, a, in a really healthy way, cut away all the things that are hiding the real you, yeah. all, all the residue of a broken world all the brokenness of your past, all the things you carry because of your family of origin, God wants to free you. How many people would like to be free? How many people would actually like to go to bed at night and be able to sleep the whole night, night through without waking up because they're tormented and worried and troubled about many things? Well, you're in the right place because we're not going to just get you saved. We're going to disciple you too, which means that when you come to church, you may hear a few things that challenge you a little bit. Let me tell you the enemy of your transformation, going to a church where you always feel comfortable and you're never triggered and you're never offended. You, you should be uncomfortable in church sometimes. You, you should feel, oh my gosh, hurts so good. Oh, they're talking about relationships. But I want to I wanna live with my boyfriend or my girlfriend and, and not get married and not, not join in a covenant and take from them something that's not mine to take, but now they're talking about saving yourself for marriage. Stop it, stop it, stop it. But God never takes something away from us to hurt us. He never reveals something because he wants to shame us, but to heal us. Oh, he, he's a very good God, and he will dress himself up like a woman in a polka dot dress, wearing epic cowboy boots, to sometimes tell you what you don't want to hear. But if you let it find you, if you let it change you, I'm grateful for the people who have told me things at much personal cost to them. They told me that, I remember one of my pastors many years ago saying to me, Leanne, you're so negative. Boy, was I mad at her. <laughs> Unfriending you on Facebook. It's the last time I go to coffee with you. But I, I tell you what, once I got over my initial offense at her honest brutality, I took it home and I processed it with God. I'm like, you know what? She's right. She's right. Sometimes the greatest discipler in your life will be your husband. God uses sometimes the most unpleasant, unwanted sources to bring truth to our life and transformation. <laughs> And I remember my husband talking to me about how often I would complain. And again, I hated him. He slept on the couch probably for a night or two. But then the truth finally hit me and I realized I was the one who needed to shift and repent. So in this church, we're not going to, you know, if you let us, we're not going to bust our way through into your life like a Navy SEAL. But if you give us permission, we'll help you become who God always made you be a disciple of Jesus Christ, so you can truly say, I once was. Uh, enough Christians sitting in church just pretending. Yeah. 
really, really don't. Honestly, like give your whole life to God. Just like the Bible says, I am the potter. This is what God said, and you are the clay. And sometimes when the potter gets his hand on the clay, it's an uncomfortable process. He's got his fingers places you wish he'd get his fingers out of. And then you feel like you're taking shape, and then he's like, nope, smash. And then he starts again, and it starts to take shape, and he's throwing water on you, and it feels amazing. And then all of a sudden, he scoops you up, and you think, I'm going to be used. I'm going to be used. Look how magnificent. And in the fire, you go, ah. That's how life with Jesus is. I'm telling you, it will change your life. If you submit to God fully, doesn't mean you're going to have a trouble-free life. But I'm telling you, you will become the person that you're always created to be. Discipleship. Let me talk on another thing about discipleship and give you another quote from William Booth. He said this, teach your people, teach them sound doctrine. If you do not give them the truth, then somebody else will give them falsehood. And I would say this, that we are living in a time currently where unfortunately too many pulpits have backed away from the truth. And, and we're righting some, some wrongs in our time and our generation where we're no longer ashamed of the truth, but we understand it is by the truth that a man or a woman is liberated. Yeah. We've had a generation that has tried to bring freedom and liberation without truth. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the things that we're seeing in our world around about us, to a large degree, and I, I'm, I say this with utmost sobriety, is the fault of the pulpits, is the fault of the church that deemed truth as offensive. Well, I can't talk about that. Can't talk about it. Well, guess everybody else is talking about it. And if we pull truth off the platform, it gives lie, the, the lie is the greater platform. And are we not seeing the residue of it as we look around the world and see so many young people awash with confusion in some cases about what, what sex they are? I mean... If you had have asked somebody 50 years ago, what is a woman? The answer would have come to you immediately with, with a scoff. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Right now, it's a question that's under debate in most college campuses. Give your people truth. Don't hold back. Doesn't mean we, we bring the truth and we're mean. Doesn't say bring the truth and look like the devil when you say it. <laughs> No, you can, you can, hey, when you're carrying the truth, you can be relaxed about it because you're right. I don't need to be all fired up and energized because I'm right. I'm carrying the right message. I'm carrying the truth that sets people free. I don't need to be energized and mean and ferocious and vicious. And, and I know this changes lives. They shall know the truth and the truth shall bring them freedom. William Booth said this, he said, the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. And at Awaken Church, we're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to start to pray in tongues like they did in the book of Acts. And you're going to be able to build yourself up in the most holy faith. Christianity without Christ Forgiveness without repentance. And we live in a world right now where nothing is a sin. It's just a preference. Wrong. And it's important we make the distinction because the Bible says the wages of sin are death. 
But you know the good news? Jesus died on the cross so we could be freed from the weight of our sin and live new lives in him. No longer I that live, but Christ in me. Bam. I forgot the rest. We'll we'll go with that. (laughs) Salvation without regeneration. Salvation without transformation, that means, or discipleship. Politics without God. If you want it to be triggered today, there you go. And heaven without hell. I'm going to get that, that to that at the end, but there is a hell, and the decision we make in this life will determine, determine one of two places that we will go when we pass from this world. Amen. Discipleship. We are a discipleship church. We are not going to leave you the way we find you. We're going to do our, our due diligence as shepherds over God's flock. The Bible spoke at great length in the book of Ezekiel to the old-time shepherds or pastors or priests who didn't care about the people. They were just happy to receive and get fat off the tithes and offerings. That is not who we are. If you let us, we're going to get all up in your business in a really healthy and productive way. Amen. Leanne. All right. The second thought I want to bring is this. William Booth said this. He said, look well to the fire of your souls. For the tendency of fire is to go out. I want to talk about our devotion. Jesus paid a high price for us to each have a relationship with the Father. So so what Jesus did when he died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil in the temple was rent or, or torn in two. So every man and woman could have access to the throne room, access to God, un inhibited access to God. So when you become a Christian, you don't need to have intercession through a priest. You don't need to pray a, a pay a priest to say a prayer for you and intercede on your behalf to God. Now we're going to pray for you here. We're, we're going to amen your prayers. We're going to believe God with you for freedom in your family and for sons and daughters to come off drugs, for relationships to be stored restored for you to buy a miracle home, for, for your business to flourish, for any anxiety or fear that you're facing to, to come off your life. We're going to pray with you and amen to bind the devil off your family. We're going to do all that. But you know what? God has given you authority to pray those prayers yourself too. And he's given you a Bible. And, and I find sometimes many Christians say, you know, I just feel burnt out. Well, you will feel burnt out if the only time you get a log on your spiritual fire is Sunday. Yeah. You put one log on a fire once a week, that, that baby's embers in no time. Yeah. So we've actually got to make a decision, like Jesus said to his disciples when they asked him how we should pray, to say, Father, give me today my daily bread. Put another log on the fire. <laughs> Keep that fire stoked. I have become a ferocious learner and Bible reader. I want to know everything about God that there is to know. I want to know his promises. I don't want to watch somebody else walking in them if I can have them in my life too. I'll I'll have what she's having, Lord. I'll I'll have some of that. My husband and I, for those of you who, who are just getting to know our church, walked through an intense season of, um, distress in our family when one of our children was caught in addiction for many years. And it was like our personal 9-11. It was something that you would not wish on your worst enemy. But you know, it was during that time 
that God spoke to us personally. And I was able to read in his word about the promises over my child's life. I didn't, and he spoke to me through Isaiah and he said to me, Leanne, all your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. So today I wanna say to you, don't, don't be content to just turn up to church and hear someone else's version, like, like start there, but, but find God for yourself. He, he wants to speak to you. He, he wants you to get to know him. He wants the promises in this Bible to become a reality in your life. Not just possession, not just saying a prayer on a Sunday morning out the front, but progressing into his promises for your life, devotion. Amen. Amen. Leanne, all right, we're moving through this. The third thought I wanna bring is this. This is the quote from William Booth. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then look, in the, look, in, look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march, the forward march, to publish his mercy to the world. The Christian life is a life marked by service. And I would say this, that the Salvation Army dominated in this area. They were known for their service, not just their services, but their service to the community. Maybe not everybody will come to church, but we can bring the church to the world. We can bring, we can carry Jesus to our city. I mean, when I watch our preview, our announcements, and I see the amount of things that we're doing, we're literally like the church that never sleeps. I'm like, oh, wow, do I need to be at all that? <laughs> That's a lot of stuff we're getting up to. But do you know that the majority of those things are run by volunteers? People who have put their hand to the plow and made a, decided I want my life to make a difference. I don't wanna just live my life just thinking about me. You want your world to get really small and really miserable and just think about yourself. But you know when you start thinking about others, you don't have time to think about your, all your own woes and problems and sadness because you're so busy helping someone else you forget about it the happiest you will ever be is when you're serving others when you're using the gift that God put on the inside of you to help others do you know what I realized the gift on the inside of you wasn't actually for you it was for me and everybody else around you the gift in me is not for me it's for you and the world around you what giftings has God put on your life that he wants you to use to build his kingdom. Use for, for service to, to make our world better than it currently is. To actually shine the light of Jesus in this community. So many needs. What William Booth said here was so true. If you, in, if you listen to the cry of humanity, it's not hard to figure out where the needs are if you just listen to the cry of the people. It was the cry of the people in Egypt that got God's ears and then he sent Moses to be their deliverer. 
Will you let your ear be hijacked by the cry of the people and receive your assignment and your orders from God? This church may not no longer belong to the Salvation Army, but we are still a Salvation Army. And there is a job description that has your name on it. You know, I've also found that oftentimes God will ask us to do things that we don't want to do. And if I can be really honest with you, most of the time God asks me to do things, it's things I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Start 16 campuses across America. I mean, some people think that Jürgen and I, like we're pumped. No. I would, no. Oh, I like a small church where it's just one campus. Me too. I do too. Why do you have to get big? I know, I know. I'll be honest with you. It's obedience. The minute I get my eyes off myself, I'm like, well, America needs this. Ah, America needs this, gosh darn it. Oh, but I just got to know everybody here and it would, we could sing Kumbaya every Sunday. I know, I know. How much funner is it to just have dinner with people that you know and you don't have to make any other friends. I've got enough friends. I know, I know, I know, me too. And yet, Jesus is asking you to step out of your comfort zone. Will you love someone who maybe looks unlovable? Will you pull in somebody from the outskirts? Will you push yourself? Will you do something that inconveniences you a little bit? Or maybe a lot? The Christian life is marked by service. Forward march. And there's no excuses. God changed our lives and he he used people to do it. Unless God himself appeared in your room, led you to himself, did the altar call, did the discipleship and all the cleaning that no other humans were involved and you were like Tom Hanks on that island with the volleyball. (laughs) Then someone else was involved in your transformation and your discipleship. Freely you have received. Now freely give. The Christian life is marked by service. And the enemy of service is comfort. Hmm. I'm comfortable. Yeah, it feels good in that demonic armchair that wants to keep you latcheted to the past. But God has a big, bright future for you. There, There is a gift on your life that He put there for other people. Ask Him what it is. Where, where should I serve? God is consistently pushing me to do things I don't want to do. And not just in, in the big realm, in the, in the macro, like go to Boise and start a campus. Where's Boise? I'm still working out the geography. Which coast? <laughs> but even the, even the micro, the little things that people don't see. Like how many of you have heard Pastor Jürgen, how God spoke to him about cleaning up restrooms, Right? And I remember every time he's been saying that for years and I'd listen to him say about how God spoke to him and said, I want you to clean up public restrooms. I mean, which is, I mean, a horrifying job. Let's be honest. I, yes, no. So I remember hearing that and going, praise God for you. However, God has not given me the same revelation until recently. 
I felt the burden also come on the other Metesias. And I was in a public restroom at uh, a restaurant I go to, and I mean, I don't know what happens there. I think people just stand by the hand towels and go, yee, 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 toilet paper. <laughs> Flush, I have no need of flushing. And out they go. Water fight, and then they come out all proper, martini. Ah, oh, I know what you did in there. So anyway, I go into the, the restroom. It's, it's a flipping nightmare. And I felt God say, you pick it up. I've got some paper, of course, I needed a shield. And then I pick, pick, pick. I mean, it was a 10-minute job. A woman walks in, she taps me on the back. She goes, oh, do you work here? Um, this store needs more toilet paper. I just turned to her and said, yes, yes, I do. I'll, 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 I'll get right on that. And the truth is, I do. I do. God put me to work. I am a servant. It's no longer I that live a cry. I am a dead woman walking. And the minute I stop serving is the minute this movement, awakened church, becomes stale and dull. And we become a bunch of Pharisees. We never, ever graduate from serving. What did Jesus say? The Son of Man did not come to the earth to be served, but to serve and lay down his life as a ransom for many. He served from the time he was born, probably, till his death on the cross. And he's still serving us in heaven. The Bible says he makes intercession for us with the Father. He's still serving you. He still hasn't stopped serving, even though he's in glory. Service. One of Jesus' last acts was to wash the disciples' feet. And then he says, he didn't just say, great, your feet are clean. He then goes on to say, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I wash your feet, now I want you to wash other people's feet. That is a gross job. He used a gross analogy. I, wanna, I want you to get up in their toes in the mess and the filth of what they've been walking through in this world. The world's defilement and I want you to wash it. But too many Christians are happy to have their spiritual pedicure. Ooh, other people's feet. Ew. Oh my God. There's people for that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. 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 You wash your feet, you wash their feet. Oh, imagine if the church fully engaged and the spirit of William Booth and everything he stood for. And trust me, he's watching this message right now. And he's amening from heaven as he stands like the cloud of witnesses in the book of Hebrews. The Bible says we are being cheered on by a great cloud of witnesses. And William Booth is there and he's like, I like her moxie. I like her dress. And she's standing in a place that I built to be a salvation army. And I say this with utmost respect. But when we, we, we acquired and took over this building, sadly, there was a diminishing of what William Booth had started. And they had become, at least this chapter anyway, reduced to just a charity. They'd lost their army edge. They'd lost the power of God. They'd lost their hunger for salvation. They, they would give you a meal and it's a beautiful thing. But God just doesn't wanna give people food that fills their belly but, but food that restores their soul. And it happens through 
you and I. Let us never be seen as people who toss away the, the, the greatest commission on, in our time and our generation. My life and offering, I give it to you. Oh, God wants so much from me. Yeah, He does. He wants your whole life and you will be incredibly happy and fulfilled and satisfied and content when you give it to Him. Does not the Bible say, those who lose their lives will find it, but those who try to hold on to their life, and mine, mine, like Gollum with the ring, will lose them. God has great plans for you and they will be outworked through service. It's not your gift. Stop being a diva. It's God's gift. You wouldn't have it without Him. And He didn't give it to you for you. He gave it to you for other people. Well, I don't know what I'm good at. We'll help you discover that. You're full of talents and abilities. You're full of wonderful, marvelous things that the Creator of the universe put on the inside of you for the edification of His people and the building of the church. And then finally, as we come to a close, I wanna talk to you about eternity. The reality is this life will end. It feels real right now, doesn't it? It feels real, like, like, yeah, we know Jesus is coming back, but we kind of don't know. And we go through our lives not really having an understanding that one day we're gonna hear a trumpet sound. I thought it was gonna happen at the night of Christmas. I'm like, Jesus is going to come back. If I was him, I would. And the, and the finale. So, so true, like Jesus lived, Jesus died, He ascended. But my friends, never forget there will be a second coming. The trumpet will sound, the sky will split. The Bible says that, that the wicked one, the devil, will be brought to nothing by the appearance of His coming. He'll just disintegrate. And then the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we'll go up after Him. But there are gonna be other people who don't, who reject God. You've got to reject God to go there. So I want you to understand today, it's our job to bring to the world around us the reality that this life is but a vapor. There will come a day when we will have to stand to account for what we did with Jesus. William Booth said this, most Christians would like to send their recruits to Bible college for five years. I would like to send them to hell for five minutes. That would do more than anything else to prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate service. There is a heaven, there is a hell, there is an eternity where those in Christ will, will live forever and there will be no more death and no more sorrow. And the Bible says we'll wipe away every tear from our eye. And I, I wonder why there'll be tears in heaven. And I think it will be a little bit because of the regrets of all the conversations we didn't have, the people we didn't talk to, or the family members that in spite of our talking and conversations just wouldn't, they thumb their nose at God. But could we make a decision today to not live just for, for today, but to live for eternity? So as long as I have breath in my lungs, Leanne Metesius, Awakened Church, is gonna be a place where people make a decision to choose God, heaven, over the devil and hell. We're gonna get people saved, yes we are, but then we're gonna get them discipled. Then we're gonna enlist them into the army of God to use their giftings for the kingdom. Discipleship 
devotion, service, eternity. Forward, march. Forward, march. This isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Stand to your feet. If you're here today and and this message spoke to you and you've been living away from God, maybe you're a Christian once or you went to church once, but this message has been a stark reminder of how you've fallen away from God and you've been living for yourself. I want you to close your eyes because I I want this to be a personal moment. And you're like, I want to, I'm giving my life, all of it, not part of it, not the part of parts of it I need God to fix and then I'm gonna keep all the other secret things. I'm gonna give my whole life to God. Um, Jesus, take the wheel. If that's you today and you need to say, that's me, lift your hand up nice and high. Lift it up high so I can pray for you and acknowledge I see that hand. God bless you, wonderful. I see this hand. God bless you. I see these two hands. God bless you. God loves you, ladies. And I see this hand of this beautiful woman up the back here. Wonderful. And this woman down here. Wonderful. I see your hand. This fellow over here to my left. Wonderful. Praise God. I'm so, so proud of you. Heaven is rejoicing and you will not ever regret it. Best thing I ever did was give Jesus my whole life. So we're going to pray a prayer together right now. We're just going to just reestablish Jesus as King of our lives. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life completely to you today. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me so I could be forgiven. I give you my life completely. I don't hold anything back. I surrender all. I renounce the devil. I renounce the works of evil. And I declare today that I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. So proud of you guys. The best is yet to come. This this city is going to be transformed from darkness to light. You just wait and see what God does through you, through this church, and uh, through the power of His name. Amen. Well, we're going to pick up Easter cards and invite as many, but let's pack this place out. Is it two services next week? Wonderful. Pack it out. Bring a friend. If everybody brought one friend, just imagine, and you can secure somebody's eternity so you'll have less tears to cry in heaven. The invite cards are at the info desk. And if you would like ministry, you can come forward. We would love to pray with you. But everybody who raised their hand when I asked them to pray, up the back here, we have what's called a response lounge with a Bible and more information on our church. We would love to pray with you. If you just go out that exit door, you go out discreetly. Nobody's going to hassle you, but we want to help you. We want to help you in this next step. And uh, I pray that we'll see you back next week, first-timers, and that you become part of the family here at Awaken Church. God bless you. Have a magnificent Sunday, everyone. God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.